You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Chiefs fans and Bills fans. This is a Locked On crossover episode for the divisional round, the Chiefs versus the Bills Thank you for making Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Bills your first listen of the day. We really do appreciate that. And thank you to our title sponsor, Online Gambling. The pod, This co- podcast is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all of the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. As you know, we've talked to him before, Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. Joe, how's it going, bud? I'm doing good, Chris. It sounds like this is going to be a January tradition for you and I to sit down and talk about these teams. So um, I really do think it one. is. Yeah. I, I think these teams are going to be playing in January for the foreseeable future. Uh, probably the next eight or nine years would be my guess, at least. Well, I think we'll all sign up for that. Um, this is what you want, though. I mean, it's, this is, I think, what most people would believe are the two best teams in the AFC. Um, for the Bills' perspective, an opportunity to um, maybe avenge what happened last year when they went to Kansas City and for Kansas City to continue proving that they're the class of the AFC and um, you know get to a fourth. It would be a fourth straight AFC championship game if they were to win this game. So they yeah. want to stay on top of the conference. Should be a good one. Yeah, and uh, potentially hosting the third possible a- straight AFC championship game. So we'll see how that ends up. But uh, you know, and this would be a chance for the Chiefs to avenge the game earlier this year, Week Five, uh, which Buffalo won. So, lot to talk about, but let's just dive in really quick. Uh, talking about last week's games, from your perspective, what do you think you really can pull from last week's game, watching the Bills play the, the Patriots? I think the biggest thing is just confidence in the offense. You know, Josh Allen obviously had a historic game, more touchdown passes than incompletions. Nearly a perfect passer rating. The Bills didn't punt. Seven possessions, seven touchdowns. I don't think that'll be the case again against Kansas City. (laughs) However, what you can really glean from that is the confidence that that team played with offensively against a good Patriots defense. And so I think that's what you want. I think you want to see your offense humming and playing together when it matters most. And that's kind of been the frustrating part of the season for Buffalo is they statistically a very, very good offense, and they had a lot of really dominant performances, but it felt like there was a lot of meat left on the bone, and I'm sure listeners of Locked On Bills are really tired of me using that phrase, but there were instances, it felt like in just about every game where I could point to different sequences where it's like, man, if you if you would have been a little bit more uh, in tune with your, your plan, or you didn't have a, a boneheaded penalty, or you didn't have a drop pass, you would have had a lot more points, and, and I you obviously couldn't say that against the New England Patriots, and and so they they played well. Um, and I feel like if there's anything, they have a lot of momentum going into this football game, and obviously they're a hungry team that is well aware of what happened to them last year in the playoffs. Yeah, and I am looking forward to this matchup because I think it's going to be a lot like the AFC Championship game uh, from last year. And I'm not necessarily talking about the score; I'm just talking about it's going to be a good competitive game, which I think that game was for the most part. But I also, I look at what Kansas City did this last week. Patrick Mahomes goes and throws for five touchdown passes. They end up throwing six with Travis Kelsey getting a touchdown pass late as well. Uh, They score, you know, 40 points uh, as well. So, I mean, you're sitting here in a situation where 
you have two offenses that are playing very well. I think the Bills have changed their offense a little bit from week five. Kansas City's offense has picked up from where they were in week five and, you know, in the earlier part of the season. So I do think that this is going to be a fantastic game with two offenses that are really hitting its stride at the same time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, I would say when it comes to the Bills, and we'll obviously get a lot more specific in the coming segments, defensively they've been really good all season long. And and I think that's going to be a really fun storyline in this football game where we all know what this Chiefs offense is capable of, if I'm not mistaken, number one in plays per drive, yards per drive, and, and points per drive. They're, they're good on offense. They're the, probably the best in the NFL. All right, well, now you have the number one defense that is statistically far and away the best defense in the NFL. And so how that plays out is always fascinating. And we've seen we've seen it go both ways. And, you know, it's just going to be an exciting football game. I think if if you don't have a rooting interest, you're probably really excited about this one. Um, but um, you have two teams that are suddenly very familiar with one another. There's obviously the Sean McDermott, Andy Reid storylines, uh, two of the most dynamic young quarterbacks in the league, and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Everything's on the line. There is no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow, and the winner of this game is going to go on to play in the AFC Championship game, uh, possibly host the AFC Championship game, depending on how the other game shakes out. Um, and I do think that that's really going to be the case, that the winner of this game is going to host. Uh, I, I will just throw that out there right now. Um, a little bit of a spoiler alert, I guess. I, I do think the Bengals are going to beat the Titans, but we'll see if I am in uh, end up being right on that. But you're absolutely right. The Bills have had a fantastic defense all season. Kansas City's defense, however, has been one of the lowest scoring uh, defenses in the league since, I think, week 11. Uh, they are just allowing, what, 14 points, 16 points, or somewhere in 14 to 16 points per game. And some of the games where they allowed a lot of points, they were missing three or four of their starters, dealt with COVID. It is what it is. Uh, we will see how that ends up. But when we get back, Joe's going to ask me questions about this Chiefs team. But before we go there, I want to tell you about OnlineGambling.com. Chiefs fans and Bills fans, we are all looking for an edge these days and would like to thank our sponsor, OnlineGambling.com, for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help you make your bets as informed as ever. This week, the experts at Online Gambling. Dot com set me the challenge of picking my divisional round upset and underdog that in my opinion could pull off a huge victory. And I've already said that I believe it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're going to beat the Tennessee Titans. If you're thinking about backing an underdog in the divisional rounds, make sure you go to onlinegambling.com before you do. Onlinegambling.com gives you gives betters the edge by providing the best and most trusted information to help you make the best decision possible before placing a bet. That includes their OG tips section where you see their own underdog picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, joined by Chris Clark, the host of Locked On Chiefs. And it's my turn to ask him some questions about the Kansas City Chiefs and his perspective on Sunday's game. And so I want to start with this Chiefs offense. And I feel like it's evolved a lot throughout the course of the season. And one thing that I said on Lockdown Bills yesterday as I started to preview this game was 
these aren't the same two teams that played in week five. There's an entire season that has went down and, and the teams have evolved and there's different dynamics. And so what I want to get from you is how this Chiefs offense is different today than it was maybe back in week five and how you've seen it evolve throughout the course of the season. You know, there was that big storyline about the two high safeties and what the Chiefs were going to do to get teams out of that. And it really feels like they've dialed into the quick passing game and the screen game, but I'll get out of the way and let you uh, tell us exactly what's been going down with this Chiefs offense. I do think that Mahomes has struggled at times this year, and I think you saw that in the middle of the season. And early on in the season, when teams are playing a lot of too high, he really wanted to go deep. He wanted to take the deep shots. He wanted to go through the throat. That's what he wants to do as a passer, and I get it. But he's to the point now where he's starting to realize that if he checks downs and he takes the underneath throws and the screens and the you know, flat passes that the offense can move and will be just fine. So I think that's really where they're focusing. And I think the other thing that you're really seeing right now is an offensive line that in week five was playing okay, but they're playing much better right now. Uh, I will say they're mis- they're missing Lucas Niang. Uh, he's going to be out this game. He's on IR, not going to be playing. It's going to be Andrew Wiley. But Orlando Brown was still getting acclimated to this offense. I think he's a lot further along in that acclimation period. I don't think he's quite to where you'd want him to be, but he's still a lot better. And then you look at the trio of guys inside who are just playing absolutely fantastic football and keeping Mahomes from getting interior pressure, and that is a huge key to this offense's success. Now, it feels like they're getting more players involved. I was kind of surprised when I was looking over their target distribution for like the last six weeks. There really hasn't been a whole lot separating the likes of Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle, and Miko Hardman. And of course, they get the ball to the running backs as well. And so am I right in that Mahomes is definitely doing a better job of late of using the entire arsenal of weapons that he has at his disposal? Yeah, I think you are. And I think the other part of it that you're seeing now is Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill were Mahomes' weapons that he would like to strike down the field with McCall Hardman as well. He would want to strike down the field with McCall Hardman. Byron Pringle as well at times, uh, you know, in that same scenario. But now he's taking the things that the defense is going to give him. If if they're going to play too high and they're going to give him the underneath stuff, he's going to hit Travis Kelsey underneath. He's going to hit Byron Pringle or McCall Hardman or maybe Demarcus Robinson or any of the running backs. Uh, that are playing as well. He's going to hit them underneath, and that's going to be who he's going to be going to. He's not looking to take the deep shot and hit everything downfield. Now, don't get me wrong. He wants to take deep shots, and if he sees them wide open, he will take them. Uh, but he's not looking to take it down the field every time he gets on the field, and I think that's a huge thing. Uh, when you start looking at what By- Byron Pringles br- brought on this year, uh, and then you see also... Guys like Demarcus Robinson, who've had a few catches, not a lot, but a few. Uh, and, and then you have other wide receivers that are kind of stepping in and into different roles. Josh Gordon has played a little bit, but he didn't play last week. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to bring Noah Gray around uh, and Blake Bell as well. And then you have the running backs out of the backfield. So I, I do think that they're mo- moving the ball around and they're using their weapons in space correctly. Because if you look at what they've been doing with McCall Hardman lately, it's getting them the ball in space. It's wide receiver screens or it's a you know quick out or something or a slant where he can just catch the ball, turn on a dime, and get up the field as quick as he possibly can. You mentioned the deep shots for Patrick Mahomes. They're not quite as frequent as we are used to seeing from Patrick Mahomes, but the efficiency is, is just as good as it's ever been. 143 passer rating on shots 
10 or 20 yards or more down the field. I, I was really impressed with how he's um, played and how he's kind of found that balance. I think he's he's really done a good job of of finding that patience, but also doing the things that make him so dynamic as a as an all-around quarterback. Uh, Chris, a, a tradition like no other, it's, it's the Chiefs defense. It starts off with some struggles, but uh, somewhere around the middle of the season, things turn around and they're playing a lot better of late. So this time around, what's contributed to the Chiefs defense really playing a lot better over the last half of the season? First things first, I will say Melvin Ingram is, I think, the one of the biggest reasons that they're playing so much better. And it's not necessarily because he's getting a lot of sacks because he's not, but he is creating pressure. But it's that he allowed Chris Jones to kick back inside. Uh, and when you have a guy that can play defensive end and he can stop the the run at the defensive end position uh, and he can create pressure from his defensive end position as well, that's very big for this defense. And then you look at Chris Jones inside where he is an absolute monster. He is breaking up the interior of def- of offensive lines and creating havoc for QBs. Uh, I think that's one of the big things. When you look back at playing the Bills the first time around, Chris Jones didn't play. Uh, Shavarius Ward didn't play. Daniel Sorensen was starting, so he was a starter at safety. Uh, Willie Gay was on IR, I believe, or just coming back from IR. Uh, and so basically Sorensen is now on the bench, and he played a horrible game against the Bills the last time around. Uh, but it's now Juan Thornhill there, and Melvin Ingram is now starting. So you're in a situation where you have basically five new defensive starters that weren't there this last Bills game. But it's all of those guys combining and coming together as a defensive unit, getting on the same page, getting things figured out. It's Nick Bolton getting better throughout the season. And Bolton has actually out-snapped uh, Anthony Hitchens and Willie Gay over the past couple of games. So uh, he's become a very big cog in their defense. So when you laser in on this matchup on Sunday night, What's your number one key for the Chiefs on offense against the Bills defense? Your number one key for the Chiefs defense against the Bills offense? What's that prevailing thought in your mind that has to be true in order for them to win this game? As crazy as it sounds, I think one of the things that really hurt Kansas City early in the season was quarterbacks running on them. So I'm really going to be watching Willie Gay. Uh, I think that they're going to spy Josh Allen. It may not be every single passing play, but I think it's going to be a lot. Uh, and it's also going to be stopping the run. The Bills' offense, at least from what I've seen, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but from what I've seen, they've started running the ball more. It's not that they're running the ball you know, 50% of the time, but they're running the ball more and they're running it effectively. So when you get into a position where you can use your linebackers and you can stop the run, that's very big. And it's very big if you can stop Josh Allen from running the ball uh, on his QB draws or even when he's just scrambling. So I think that's something to watch on defense uh, that I think could be a real X factor in this game. Then you flip it over to the offensive side of the ball. To me, this is a game where you have to get the other people involved. Byron Pringle has to have a good game. You have to get the running backs involved, whether it's Jarek McKinnon or Clyde edwards or Daryl Williams. Whoever it is at running back has to have a big game for Kansas City. Uh, obviously, you're going to have Travis Kelsey. You're going to have Tyree Kill. Uh, but Demarcus Robinson having a good, you know, having a good game. Uh, and maybe one other guy just being able to create something and making the Bills have to cover every single person, I think, is huge. Now, Chris, the last thing I have for you <clears throat> is about X factors. And I think we all know the prominent storylines with this football game. But what are some of the X factors that come to mind for, for you from the Kansas City side of things that 
maybe we're not talking about enough when considering this matchup on Sunday night. I think the biggest X factor is, you know, we talk about offenses all, you know, all the time when we talk about these two teams and, and you talked about the Buffalo defense when we kind of talked about the Chiefs defense a lot as well. But I think that's really one of the X factors going into this game is, you know, Buffalo scored almost 40 points on Kansas City the first time around this year. Uh, you know, we'll see whether or not that is the way that this game is going to play out. I think that it's one of the biggest X factors is how are those five new defensive starters that they didn't have the last time around going to play this game? Uh, because if they show up and they're able to do what they've been doing the past several weeks, uh, they only allowed 14 points against the Steelers. Uh, yes, they scored 21, but one of them was a defensive fumble. Um, and I know the Steelers aren't a great offense, but in that game, they held the Steelers to basically nothing in the first half. And it was when they started going to prevent. And that's not really going to happen against this Bills team, I don't think. I don't think they'll be doing... Uh, prevent. I think that that's going to be something that is not going to happen this week. Uh, so I think the, the defense is going to be an X factor in this game. I think that uh, guys like Tyron Matthew and maybe even Anthony Hitchens, and then you have guys you know in the middle uh, like Chris Jones who can really be an X factor and, and really create problems on the off- on the defensive line uh, for Kansas City. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and you're not sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They even take care of the entire filing process for you. Whether you launch your own startup or are working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get the deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. All right, Joe, let's go ahead and jump into this because there is a lot that I want to ask you about this Buffalo Bills team. I was really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. My first question, though, are, you know, one of the things we talked about, Chiefs have a lot of changes on defense. Are there any big changes in the way the Bills have been playing lately from how they played early in the season? You mean defensively or? or Both offensive and defensively. Yeah, offensively, we'll start there. I think you kind of tease this. The Bills have found a bit of a running game with Devin Singletary. They had been this committee approach where Zach Moss was getting half the work and Devin Singletary was getting the other half. This is now the Devin Singletary show, which is a major shift in philosophy from what we've seen from the Bills, not just this year, but under Brian Dable and Sean McDermott, dating back to 2018 when those two two guys got together to you know, be part of this coaching staff. You know, McDermott was 17, but Dable came in 18. It's been a two-back thing. No, Devin Singletary is the lead back. He's the bell cow um, for, you know, it's still still a, an offense that wants to throw the ball primarily, but he's their primary ball carrier, and I think that's allowed him to get into some rhythm. The other thing might seem minor, but Ryan Bates has stepped into this lineup at left guard, and he's really stabilized uh, that position. And the Bills have had a lot of different injuries on the offensive line. Uh, one of the... Uh, Josh Allen's one of the quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of playing behind the least common offensive line. I think only around 20% of the snaps he's played this year were behind his most common players up front. And they've they've really found something here with Ryan Bates 
and this offensive line has stabilized in a lot of ways. Um, and they've also shifted to a gap run scheme as opposed to a zone run scheme. So offensively, those are the three fundamental big differences. Defensively, this team doesn't have Trey White anymore as its number one corner. He's got a torn ACL. He won't be available for this game. And I think this is the one game where the Bills are probably going to really feel not having him with all the great receivers that the Chiefs have. And they've certainly played well with Dane Jackson as the starting cornerback opposite of Levi Wallace. I mean, statistically, not close. The best defense in the NFL. I mean, they only allow 3.8 adjusted net yards per pass play against their defense. That would be the number two run defense in the NFL. They're great at stopping the pass, but this is a different animal here with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I say all that to say that they don't have Trey White anymore at corner, but they will have Matt Milano at linebacker for this game when that was a game that he missed week five uh, against Kansas City when those teams hooked up earlier. The other thing that I'll say is Harrison Phillips has really emerged at defensive tackle to play alongside Ed Oliver, and they're working well in concert with each other. But I'd say mostly it's more of the same from this Bills defense with no Trey White. And in comparison to last time they played, you get Matt Milano back at linebacker. And I think the, the defensive line has um, stabilized even more with a guy like Harrison Phillips coming into his own in his, in his fourth season in the NFL. Well, I can guarantee you the Chiefs fans can really understand where you're coming from when it comes to not having an offensive line that can play together the entire season. Uh, not this year, but last year, that was a big issue yeah. in the city. Uh, and I, I will say, I've loved what I've seen from Devin Singletary. I, I do think that that's going to be a lot of fun to watch going into this game. And the games that the Bills lost outside of the win game with New England, because uh, that's just a crappy game to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are there commonalities that have taken place that have led to their losses? Well, they've all been one-score losses. I mean, well, the, the, the Colts game was the Bills' big stinker this year, right? They they got destroyed in that football game. But the other five games that they lost were all one-score games. And I think in four of those five, the Bills had a chance at the end with the ball in their hands to win it, and they just couldn't get it done. Um, I think it was like a combined 23 points. I mean, just some really disappointing losses. And so I think that's what it, it came down to is – in all of those games that the Bills lost, all five of them, they, they just they they were one play away from winning the game. Now they didn't make the play, and that, so it, it counts, right? Like you, you don't just say, "Well, if you would have made one more play, you didn't." So you take the L. But um, it I felt think like the game that sticks out to me. Sorry, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville yeah. game just really sticks out as a weird one, nine to six. Yeah, it's one of those games where it was an extremely weird game. Uh, Jacksonville was the more Energetic team, I would say. They played with a lot more enthusiasm. They they got the Bills into some personal fouls early in the game, and it felt like the Bills were just out of their rhythm for that one. So, I mean, it's 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 funny how many times I have to like that game is so far removed, and the the team is so far different from what we saw in that game. But it's it, it, you know even my neighbor is like, hey, uh, the Bills are doing good. What happened against Jacksonville? I'm like, I don't know, man. It was like ten weeks ago. This is not the same football team so I'm not sure it's a really relevant one to bring up it's certainly a black eye on the resume and it looks makes the bills look bad right but I I, I just that's not the same football team that we've seen uh, amid this five game win streak it's not it's not the same football team we saw against New England Patriots and so um yeah it's just it's 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 a week-to-week -week league you know that humility in the NFL is, is one week away this those things happen it's a disappointing loss but it's it's so far in the rearview mirror right now that it's it's somewhat odd that we're talking about it. Yeah, I just I thought it was really interesting. I hard to see that Jacksonville score and, and understand it. Uh, but 
who are two of the underrated, or sorry, underrated players or under the radar players, one on offense and one on defense, the Chiefs fans should watch for making big impacts in this game? Well, on defense, I think it, it goes to Taron Johnson, their slot corner. Uh, they recently signed him to a contract extension, and I thought he played really well the first time around uh, these two teams met. And so I think he's the type of guy that maybe, you know, everybody knows the safeties and, you know, all the, the, talent they have in the front seven, a lot of high picks there, but Taron Johnson's been this really outstanding slot corner out of, you know, picked in the fourth round uh, several years ago out of Weber state. And he's done such a good job and, and the bills really rely on him as a base nickel defense. So I think he's the guy uh, on defense to keep in mind. And I feel like offensively we can go so many different directions, but I'll go with Gabriel Davis. You know, we talk about Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox. We've already talked about Devin Singletary. Gabriel Davis is that that X factor. He's that guy with the size and the ball skills in this Bills weaponry, and he's got a unique skill set, and they get him going with the glance routes in the RPO game, and Josh will look for him when he's working off script to take some chances down the field. And so he's the type of guy that can, you know, not necessarily going to command a high volume of targets, but he can make three or four plays every game that really are impactful in terms of getting out of bad situations and really using that RPO game to the Bills, you know, maximum opportunities. Yeah, and I'm really kind of surprised you didn't say Isaiah McKenzie. I was figuring you were <laughs> going to go there. But, uh, uh, no, Gabriel Davis has is, is shown up this year as well. I've seen that. Uh, if we look at the past games with these teams uh, over the past couple of seasons, Hill and Kelsey have combined for an average of almost 11 catches on 17 targets for 102 yards and about two touchdowns per game in the regular season. When they played in the playoffs last year, they combined for 22 catches on 26 targets for 290 yards and two touchdowns. How can Buffalo's defense make sure they don't have a repeat of last year's AFC Championship game against Hill and Kelsey? Well, I mean, you're talking about two of the premier playmakers <clears throat> in the NFL. I mean, those those guys, there's no, there's no uh, do these three things and they don't make any plays. They're exceptional football players that are tough to stop with, you know, an elite quarterback throwing them the ball. So... Yeah, if you got any ideas, send send an email to Sean McDermott. He'd, he'd like to hear it. But I think what this really comes down to is with Patrick Mahomes, you can't blitz this guy. He's going to kill you if you blitz him. That's been the story on him year after year. This year is no different. So you have to be able to get organic pressure. You have to be able to rush four and get home. And so that's step one. You have to be effective with your four-man rush. And number two is you have to be disciplined with your coverage spacing. You got to drop seven and really try to flood the passing lanes with bodies to try to take away some throws. And where that gets really difficult with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and I think when you go back to the AFC Championship game where this really got the Bills in trouble, is they had bad eye discipline. They weren't trusting their coverage landmarks, they were moving off their landmarks, and they were falling victim to Patrick Mahomes manipulating the defense with his eyes or you know his movement within the pocket, and the Bills would get out of their, out of their landmarks vacate space that they're supposed to be in and then all of a sudden there's Travis Kelsey right behind it quick pass and this guy eats up yards after catch and so I think it's four-man rush and it's um discipline coverage spacing and you know it's it's no easy assignment I think the the NFL in general has kind of had their palms to the air right when it comes to stopping this Chiefs offense so uh you know I don't I don't have an easy answer but I think those are probably your two most important principles to give yourself a chance of stopping you know, or not stopping, slowing down and minimizing the impact of two of the premier playmakers in the NFL. 
And I'm glad you bring up blitzing. I think it's kind of funny. I think I saw a stat earlier today, something like the Bills have blitzed Patrick Mahomes eight times in like 150 snaps. Yeah. Zero times. 60-something dropbacks in, in week five. They didn't blitz him a single time. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. It just... You don't do it. It doesn't work no. out for you. Yeah. Uh, and teams have, have figured that out. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Joe, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Really have enjoyed this episode. I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. I'm glad it's the Sunday night game. I think that's going to be uh, something that's going to be fun to watch. And we're going to know if one of these teams is going to be hosting the AFC championship game by the time this game kicks off. Well, you know, Chris, we're basically division rivals at this point. We'll have two games next year, I'm sure. So That'll be it for this year, but um, you know I'm looking forward to watching this game and then, of course, all the matchups that are going to come between the Bills and Chiefs in the future. All right, well, that is going to be it for us today. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Chiefs and Locked on Bills. I am Chris Clark. He is Joe Marino. Be sure to go check out the Locked on Bills podcast this week. Go get your information uh, from Joe. He does a fantastic job. Thank you, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.